we are always told that following our passion and loving what we do will not work out all the time. You can't get enough bucks to have a good lifestyle. And if you want to be in a path of entrepreneurship, you have to be working like a beast and be cranky as Steve Jobs. But I recently got lucky to have a conversation with one of my inspirations, that is Rohit Raj. He is the co-founder of two companies, The Glitch and Chatterbox. And he is a person who always did what he loves and did it with people he loved too, like with his best friend. I can just go on talking about him, but it will be wise if I start the episode. This is Anirudh, talk of thought, we'll start right about. So Mr. Rohit Raj, thanks for coming in my podcast. Hey Anirudh, good to meet you. Sir, I have to first thank you because uh, the first time that I listened to an Indian podcast was between you and your friend in Advertisement is Dead. At that time, I just look, I, I listened to the whole 40, 48 minutes of conversation and then I literally stalked your profile and went over the company, The Glitch, which you're the co-founder of. And I literally want to talk to you and about the all the journey and had a lot of questions. And I'm really honored that we got this time that we can talk about it. Hey, thanks for those kind words. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, it feels nice to hear that people got excited by one podcast and to know more about this. So, yeah, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, sir. So, I, I just thought that uh, instead of just jumping over the glitch, I just want to ask you, how did, how was your childhood? Like, how were you brought up? Can you just share those experiences? Sure. Uh, well, to start with, I think, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from Kerala originally, but I grew up entirely in Hyderabad. Oh, wow. Then moved, then moved to Pune and Bombay eventually. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've had a very normal, true South Indian, uh, upbringing if I must say so my I'm born to uh, parents who are more in the education spectrum so reading kind of became a natural way of life so it's almost like grew up in the midst of multiple books so it was that and then eventually books took over by uh, TV and the computer so the one good thing that happened was I think I got a computer really early on um, probably when I was four and this is so when I was four means 1987, 88. So the old school first generation ones, which oh, okay, okay. I was imagining my side computers. No, <laughs> this is one of those really old ones at that point in time. So, because my dad had got one for his own work, so I got introduced to computers much early on. So, that was so my first intro into the digital spectrum of things. So, I was very intrigued by that. And, of course, I was very intrigued by television. So, two things that kept me interested. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing was, I think, what the good thing was that my parents kind of gave me those wings to do whatever I wanted to do. So, they never stopped. So, I, I do see a lot of people saying that, hey, TV is not good for you. Or too much of screen time is not good for you and stuff like that today. But that time, it was like, do whatever you want. You want to read books, you read it. If you want to watch TV, they got me a TV in my room. So, yeah, such a cool parenting. Yes, I did. That I have to be thankful for. And what is interesting is that that TV taught me a lot to be very, like for a South Indian to speak fluent Hindi, it was only because of Z cinema and nothing else. Right? So yeah. I used to watch X number of hours of TV. I used to consume 
uh, uh, not the internet, but I used to literally spend hours in on the computer figuring out things. So I'd learned how to program and stuff early on at that point, and because I was trying to geek out on things, and then then got heavily into gaming uh, at one point. So I used to play computer games for uh, the longest time, and my I think that from a career standpoint, it's either films uh, or uh, hobbies that kind of defined what I wanted to be. So I saw Jurassic Park as a kid and decided maybe I want to be an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not that dream didn't go too far. Then I got into gaming and played a lot of games and then thought maybe the right way to take this forward is to become a game developer. And that's how I kind of wanted to study computer science further. Uh, so yeah, I I remember the good thing was it's uh, as a child, parents identify the space that you are good with, right? Hmm. But you will you will always rebel. And my point, and I keep saying this to people, saying you know a lot of people who say that I wanted to do photography, my parents pushed me to do engineering. So yeah. my point is that it's always. We always tend to rebel on that front. I had the exact opposite of that, which is I had convinced my parents that I want to do engineering because I want to do game development. My parents are trying to look at everything that, but you seem to be better off at design and things. I wanted to go to NIT. Oh, it's it's completely opposite in your case. Yes, exactly. So in hindsight, all of this sounds very interesting. But that time, it was like, I was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you out here to ruin my career? I want to do engineering. My friends are doing this. And that's where... So, I mean, I ended up going and doing computer science. Oh. I studied computer science, finished that, and then I think second year in, I realized that this is not my case because uh, what I went there to do is because I loved gaming. What mm. I didn't realize is what I liked about gaming was storytelling, right? Because yeah. I wanted to make a game. I wanted to tell a story through the game. And that is what I loved more. Mm. What computer science teaches you is nothing to do with uh, storytelling. It is more to do with how the platform, building the platform and the, the back-end coding, etc. Yeah. I don't think in Indian education system right now is equipped to teach you all of that. So for the first two years, you're just learning different programming languages, which I don't even know where I'm going to put to use. I'm very like, it's, it's not the most exciting learning process. So I kind of did lose interest midway, somehow finished it. And oh. then the second leg, post that, post graduation time, where I remember again in my head, I was like, okay, to hell with gaming, to hell with all of this. I think now I'm going to go study, uh, do the cat, give the cat and do an MBA, and probably go into marketing or finance or get into venture. Oh, but uh, you were you were not interested in this field, right? Like you told, it was always television or films. I was always interested in television and films, but you know how as there are, it takes a lot for you to realize that is what you're interested in. So what was interesting for me in each of these pieces is like for like I told you, I liked storytelling, but yeah. I mistook storytelling. Today, in hindsight, I can tell you that I mistook storytelling for coding. Okay. Right. Got it. Uh, so I still remember when we were doing, when we were studying computer science, I there was this one point in life where the whole dot-com boom was happening. Hmm. 
and a few of us got together to build a website. Okay, and we said, okay, let's let's start a company, let's build a website, and let's see how that goes. If you look at it today, that time what we built for mousepotato.com, which which <laughs> eventually got sold for exactly four and a half lakh rupees. Wow, w- 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 what was that? Uh, what did that company do? It is called mousepotato.com. It was a site which would we were trying to be the uh, portal for the youth at that point of time, mm. which is primarily centered around the youth of Hyderabad, right? So mm. it was it had it would have everything from things you could do, things you could catch up on, things uh, movie reviews. So we took inspiration from what I thought was the coolest site at that point of time called weindia.com, which is Chinese website, right? Okay. And we took heavy inspiration from that and said, if it was in today's term, geolocated to just Hyderabad or geofenced to just Hyderabad, what could it be? Because that, we got, uh, we, we did have a decent amount of traffic on it uh, for those times. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking millions, I'm not talking lakhs, etc. It was a smaller number, but it was a decent amount of traffic. It was popular to a certain extent. And then somebody who was setting up a larger portal thought mm-hmm. that they could acquire, they could use this within their entire gamut of things. So we got a pot over at that time for a princely sum of five lakhs, which I thought was great enough for me to sit and retire. Wow. Which technically split between five of us, oh, sorry, four of us who started was almost nothing. But yeah, but also in turn, I, I still call it my first venture that I exhibited. Wow. I never knew about I it. Yeah. I, I mean, there is no other evidence of it directly. So that's, uh, okay. That's why I never spoken about it primarily. So yeah, so that's the space. And then finally, I think, like I said, post-graduation time, I in my head, I was like, okay, to hell with all this, I'm going to go to an MBA. And I think what was, it was, uh, I was trying to follow my friends, right? Hmm. So your friend circle was all, especially if you're born in Hyderabad, everybody does an engineering and then does an MS in, yeah. in the US. And that's the scene. Or they do an MBA. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't want to do an MS, so I'm done with coding so mm. i'm going to now do a mba and i was very adamant again my parents sat down and said why don't you explore nid again or uh, advertising etc i was ignoring them all over again till i finally realized that maybe what they're saying is true and this is the calling so that's mm. when i went to simbi so i i joined symbiosis that point and finally i joined simbi in the advertising course that they have. So they, so they had four different specializations. So there was advertising, there was PR, there was journalism, and there was filmmaking. Hmm. And again, I joined advertising, and in the first six months, I was bored out of my wits. Because <laughs> advertising as a course, when you go in, I don't know how you can teach anybody creativity, right? So yeah, yeah. they teach you all the other sides of advertising, which is account planning and statistics and client management and things like that, which for me was not making sense. And I was more keen on storytelling and the the strategic aspect of it, which we hadn't got into in the first six months. So I decided that this is not the space. And uh, luckily, because there was filmmaking also as an option, I Hmm. kind of said that, hey, I want to switch my specialization to filmmaking. And uh, did that midway through my course. So I actually went to join advertising and then yeah. switched entirely to filmmaking. 
in Cindy. So yeah, this is like a gist of how wow. my life I, unfolded. Even right now in Hyderabad, like I live in Hyderabad. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 Hyderabad, and and you know, fun fact, like uh, you're from Kerala, and uh, Parun sir is from Telangana, right? Andhra Pradesh. Yeah, he's from Kakinada. Yeah, yeah. Kakinada. In the same way, I am also I, I I and my friends also started the company, and that co-founder is from Kerala, and I am also near the Kakinada region. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we always tell each other. There are people we have a parallel life, dude. We are going to go in the same way. Good to know. Yeah. So I want to ask you. So how did the before the glitch? How was your friendship with Varun sir, or like how did it grow? so we met at simbi hmm. uh so and this is exactly how it is right so i joined advertising varun joined in pr hmm. so we were two people in two different streams so for the first 6 months actually we hadn't interacted much etc and then we both were the two people who decided to dump whatever we started as our first specialization and move to filmmaking so we were both in the same spectrum of uh mind where we were like hey this is not what i want to do i want to do filmmaking and that's that somewhere is where we kind of connected we started jamming we started talking and then we had to do our internship in yeah. at the end of year 1 and um, i had come to bomb my internship and so did varun and we ended up crashing together in another friend's apartment oh. and from an internship point of view i i was absolutely clear that i want to go to changi we like i said uh, even mouse potato days we we looked at the channel we website right and that was my dream and i was like this is it i want to go work in a music channel and varun dream was to go work in mtv so we were both working in two rival channels living in the same house so and that's kind of where we met connected uh, and became so we went from being oh, okay i know acquaintances in a class to becoming good friends to becoming best friends over a span of one year and then Second year in Hindi was just a whole next level of just collaborating together on multiple things, and finally we came back to Bombay to work. So I started my career with Channel again. Uh, so after my internship, they offered me a position to come back. So I went back to Channel. Varun did multiple couple of things, then he went to MTV. Mm-hmm. But we used to we'd always been staying together, and then eventually from MTV he moved to Channel as well. So oh. we were all. Yeah, so we would live in this. We were living in the same house, working in the same office, and it was it was funny because uh, the day I decided to quit, so I don't think glitch happened with a plan, with a business plan, right? It was it was almost like a like how Chan we made a pivot one day where we were all called in and said that hey, listen, we're not going to be a music channel anymore. We're going to move to becoming more of a GC space. because music is kind of not working out so that is the point when in my head i was like don't if i don't enjoy coming to work on a monday it's time for me to leave kind of thing so and my passion was that i loved working in a music channel where i got to here if i had to cater to a different audience which i was not keen on i decided to bounce in i didn't have a plan of where or what i wanted to do in my head i thought i could start something on my own or i could i already had another offer to join an ad film house so this is this is the days when we were all the aim was to become a director like a film director right oh. so ad film was the next thing so the offer to join an ad film house is there 
So I was still toying with the idea. So I decided that I told Varun in the morning, you know, at home, saying that I'm going to quit. He kind of assumed that this is just a rant, and I'm not going to do it. I went to office. I put went in. I put in my papers, and I met him outside. And I said, "Hey, so by the way, I just put in my papers." And he just looked at me and said, "What? You really did?" I said, "Yeah." So what are you trying to do? So I didn't know what to say at that point. So I said, "I don't know. I think I want to do something on my own, something in the digital space." This is what I said. Hmm. Varun said, "Okay, give me five minutes." Then he said okay, and then he went somewhere. He wrote something on the. He was on his computer. He came back and said, "Okay, let's do this." I said, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, even I quit." I said, "What? Why, what are you trying to do?" He said, "Whatever you guys are, whatever you're saying in the digital space, that sounds exciting. Let's do it together." Damn, it's what? like a Bollywood movie. It is. So the good thing is that I think that that gives you a suddenly a certain sense of confidence and a. When you are the only one running behind a thing, and then there is another person who also is running with you, while the risks are equally high, it it just gives you a certain amount of confidence to make that jump, right? Yeah, that's and great. that's what it was. So we were like, okay, great. Now, now there's no coming back. So let's start, and that's how the seed of glitch was sown. Oh, over but, a whim and a fancy. Oh, so but uh, when you both quit, so did you have an idea of like where which industry that you're going to tap in, or like you know any of the connection? Like because there was no research, nothing that we are taught in business school that you do a hypothesis, you do a research, you talk to some potential clients. There was nothing like this. So how did you start it so off? That's what they say, right? So it's it's when you read. It is a dummy's guide to start up, etc. And you read a bunch of points. I don't think we followed any of those. I'm not saying that we should disregard them all the time, but we didn't. The reason being, we, like I said, why were we quitting? Because we were not happy with what we were doing at that point of time, right? Mm. Uh, and the option, the reason, why were we not happy? Because there was a certain kind of content we liked. To, I liked to consume. Parun liked to consume. and that is why we had gone to work at channel v channel v was making a certain kind of content now when they ref- were not making that content it didn't excite me but if they are not making that content who is is the point and why are they not making the content so the question the answer to that why are they not making the content is because the audience who likes that content which is me varun etc mm. have stopped watching tv we have all been on the internet and it just struck you that Hey, yeah, that's true. Because the last few music videos I've seen, I've only seen it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, really slow internet speeds in 2009, but I've still seen it, and people were streaming. So there is an audience that is moving to that space. If there is an audience that is moving to that space, who is making content for that space? And that was the question we asked. Saying, if I had to quit and join some other place, I would have had to quit and join another place that is making the kind of content Channel V was making that time. And there was nothing in the country. Then, so that time there was no concept of digital agencies, right? So what was it? People were taking an ad that they shot for you for TV and mm. putting it up on a YouTube channel. So, so we said, hey, there is there is a huge market gap here, which exists where nobody. So, in M in MBA terms and business school terms, where they say, okay, identify the gap, then jump. It is we we maybe in our heads. Did identify this gap, which is why we quit and started. But we didn't have it on paper. That's the only difference. But the gap was there. We were very clear about what we wanted to do, and we took that stand when Glitch started. The reason why it's called Glitch is also with a very digitalish name. We wanted to do content for the internet. Oh. Another reason why we did that is 
everybody was quitting to start their own production house in that point of time. The okay. bigger names, right? Mm. Now, production house, the problem was, do you want to swim in a sea with a lot of sharks already in it, which is the biggest names are already there. Right? There mm. was Cockpice and there was Nirvana and and with big name directors, Prasoon Pandey, etc. In the middle of all that, who is a Rohit and a Varun would not matter to them. So you either go to a pond which has a lot of big fish or you dig your own pond to find a space where you can you can be the sharks eventually. So we decided to do that. So we decided that everybody is making, all production houses are primarily TV focused. We are a digital only production house. And that's how we started. The good uh, the potential clients, etc. if you ask me, the good thing, the, the best thing that came out of Sydney for me is because from an education point of view, I keep saying this, right? You, you learn more in an internship than you will in a college. That's but true. Completely agree. Miss, hmm. right? But what you'll miss from a college, what you'll get from a college is friends. Yeah. Because you will make you alumni. And these are people who will open doors for you eventually, right? So hmm. because we went to a media-centric college, as all our friends, were in some TV channel, some advertising network, some newspaper, uh, some PR agencies, etc. Mm-hmm. So it was when we decided to start off on our own, and we just had to tell these people, okay, so we're going to do a production house. We do videos for digital. They were like, oh, great. We're brand. We're looking for somebody who will do some video for us. Will you come? That's how the question was. Okay. It was the dif- also the difference was because we came from I both Varun and I come from science as a background right? so we understand technology deeply mm. I I still do understand a large part of coding that I did learn back in the day so, mm. so it was it was not the web for us the differentiator was why would you who was taking a ad that you shot for TV putting it on YouTube want to do another ad separately for digital. So the answer that we had for all of them was if TV was a one-way medium, digital is a two-way medium. And oh. we will help you bring that interactivity in. So that is why you need us. So when we went to clients at that point, we would mm-hmm. add that one. It would be a video like production, but it would have some form of technology also. There. And that was our game-changing moment there. Okay. So, if you ask me from a market gap, yeah, that will be back. Let's get this. Oh, so, so the glitch. So the name. How did you come up with the name? The glitch. <laughs> uh, the, well, the truth. Uh, the two halves of it. Right? So one is we were looking to find. Okay, what do we call ourselves? And uh-huh. we were very close to calling ourselves Jai Viru and Company because we are both huge Shole fans. <laughs> and we said, okay, let's do this. Let's. Because it just sounded uber cool. And we come, again, like I said, we, we've come, we've grown up in the MTV channel V generation where Desi Cool was cool, right? Okay. So this is the days of Cyrus Oshidar who made Desi Cool uh, thing. So it was that Jai Viru and company is what we should call ourselves. Till we came across this word glitch and we said, okay, listen, that, that's too colloquial. What if tomorrow you want to start a Europe process? How are you going to explain Jai Viru and company? We oh. said, okay, that's true. And then we that's how glitch came to be. Also the aspect of glitch standing for disruption, standing for a mistake, all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. So I think if I draw the if I tell you what why the glitch and why when people join us, 
where we explain glitch is because we're people who love mistakes. I mean, I personally really like, I think when you, I think mistakes are great and everybody should make mistakes because when you make mistakes, it means you're trying something new, right? If you're doing something that somebody else has done, you already have a framework to work upon. So you're not going to, you won't be making mistakes. But if you're trying something new, you'll make a mistake. So keep making mistakes because you'll keep trying something new. Don't repeat it, but keep making mistakes and let's celebrate mistakes. And that's what glitch is. That you'll be, you'll be the best mistake you'll ever make with our line. Wow. So, so like initially when the when the glitch or anything started what every company expects is that uh, to get some seriousness to the with the clients or any of the businesses they meet right and uh, when you went to through the corporates or anything so did they take you seriously at starting like were they know you from your own channel v and uh, mtv or when you meet new people who they, who who don't even know about you you both varun sir and you so how did they take you seriously so see the thing is it's very simple right so it's the two things one is somebody can open a door for you and tell you that hey here's an opportunity then it's up to you to go and close that opportunity yeah. now how big your so there are two pieces to that puzzle one is you you gain respect mm. either by positioning work or telling them something that they don't know mm. and or showing them something they don't know right hmm. and two over time with, when that kind of work comes in people kind of respect so when we went some of our friends like i said who called and said okay here here's an idea here here is a option we are looking for somebody who will do this for us can you come now our answer to that was yes we will and we will go there and if they were looking for a we would we would pitch a plus 4 right wow. so things this is what you wanted but hey here are 10 things more you can do with what you can so suddenly when you so i and this is something we i keep telling all our creative directors in our company as well right don't pitch an idea that the brand manager can come back to you with because the then that is the most obvious idea and that even he if he if somebody is paying you money you need to show him something that he couldn't have thought of right and that is what we knew respect so when we went in early on it it was just that like i still remember somebody called us and said uh, we are launching a kajal hmm. uh, for l'oreal and will you do a it's a sales av okay that we need to do like i mean it's as mundane as that right it's a sales yeah. av 200 people are in a conference who are going to see it. can you do this for us now i could have easily said yes we will do this for you and this is what the script is and we could have walked out from there Or we turn around and say, okay, uh, but she said we need an AV that will have some. Uh, it it should just look cool. Now from their aspect of cool meant that she meant you know it it should have some kind of animation. So we turn around and say, okay, how about we do this in 3D? So What? She, At that time was so the 3D technology a thing? So 3D was there. Uh, So when I said 3D, she said, "Yeah, sure, you can do it in 3D." But in her head, she when you say 3D, she assumed 3D animation like how you see 3D animation, right? Yeah. What yeah. we said like when we said 3D was no. What we said when we said 3D was the one where you wear glasses and watches, right? Oh, okay. So yeah. where things come to you on your face because we said this because hey, if there are only 200 people watching this, hmm. and if you want them to be taken aback. then it should be something that they've never seen before so yeah. you 
you can either show a regular film for 2 minutes or a 3d animated film for 2 minutes or we show something where they all wear these glasses and do so she was they were completely blown they were like great can you do this we said yes we had no idea how to do it we came out we we sat there for the whole weekend researching how to make a 3d ring to make this and finally somehow we got together we built this we pitched it we gave it to them it went to the sales conference they played it they had never seen a av in 3d in their lives they were blown people started walking around asking who made this for you so three brand managers got to know a glitch next thing you know we are suddenly next day we get calls from garnier from other parts of l'oreal etc who are like hey listen you guys made the av can you do other things for us that is what it is so it's when you do something beyond what somebody expects it opens more doors so first of all open you will get in because if you made just another film in the navy nobody would have asked the question of like who who made this the question should always be to do work which somebody has looks at and say okay i want i want to do this and that's where the answer was wow but yeah and uh, the thing is it happened because uh, you and the co-founder like varun sir both of you shared the same interest and it's your company right now since the glitch has scaled a lot now i guess like you have more than 300 employees like how can you maintain the same level of excitement or curiosity or creativity in the company well i think the from a curiosity i like the word curiosity that you used right which is that that's exactly what it is to be curious at any given point of time to be very honest i i think i'm very irrelevant in a company from a creative from a distinct standpoint because i think my age group i'm very much older right this new generation is seeing when we were young we, we used to have the facebooks of the world and now there is the snapchat and the tiktok and the thrillers of the world so it's uh, it's important to for me to be a brand so i keep talking to younger lot to understand how this what is okay. new you teach me something so i'm extremely curious but that said there is i don't think i can drive a what i can do is i can drive a vision to people a, a thought process but where they take it from there is up to them so what we have done at least is kind of draw out what is it's almost like what should a glitch product be so if a client comes to you what is it that we should be delivering uh, in terms of not in terms of the idea but what should the idea have that is standing out so we have a few points for everybody to wear that lens and see right so what like i said that one lens which is could it could that brand manager have thought of that idea okay if yes then it's it's a lazy idea okay yeah. or sometimes the idea is the most obvious thing that you see but is there a different execution to it because if i'm going to charge you money if if you call me tomorrow and say that say listen i have this plot of land i want to make a house and if i'm going to charge you money i am going to charge you money to to design that house or whatever i am bringing a certain expertise but if i draw just four lines and give it to you which you could have also drawn mm-hmm. then why are you paying me money right yeah that's true. so that so that has been driven deep down into everybody to look at it from every lens needed and say that hey what you are telling me does this could somebody else have could the brand manager have thought of if they can't then great then let's to to the how simple is the idea right we we are all for new age technology 
but technology and the best use of data etc is when you don't see it yeah. it needs to run in the background because for the end user it needs to be simple the length we wear is that of our mothers okay here is an ad don't show me the background of the ad don't tell me what inside you come from don't tell me your consumer habits but if i show this ad to my mother will she understand it will she understand where this is coming from if she does then it's a great ad because otherwise there are so many ideas we are as advertising people we we end up eating our own bullshit so much and drinking our kool-aid so much that we forget to we really don't look at the idea from the simplicity of what it should be so in our heads it's like oh this consumer this research that no end of the day the audience is not seeing all of that is audience is seeing the end product and the end product can deliver that bang then great so these are two key points that are passed on now everybody takes it from there and then so uh, right now uh, coming if you, if you want to divine, define creative agency how can you define it like what does a creative agency basically do to brands like how will it help them uh how will a creative agency help them yeah well there are multiple facets to it i mean depending on what the objective is yeah what uh, a, what does an agency do is it facilitates so there is the consumer there is hmm. the customer and there is the product hmm. and it it kind of builds a need and explains the need for a consumer or a customer to use that particular product right it, and that's that's the and does it in the most creative fashion and that's primarily where the creative agency's job lies so if if you are a person who uh, if you are a product which is say for example you are a podcast mm-hmm. which is talking uh, uh to multiple people on life on growth etc and your audience is anybody who is interested to know more about these people yeah the creative agency's job is to find the right pathway to tell your customer about your podcast to say why you, or develop a need for that podcast okay. and then that drives them so that's 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 always been the case of creative agency it's not changed that oh. has been since day one what has changed is platforms of communication right so if it was newspaper and print back mm. in the day yeah is and then it moved to television and then it moved to the internet and google banners and then it moved to instagram and now it's it's a hokin thriller and influencer and so the platforms may have changed but end of the day a creative agency's job is to convince a customer yeah. the need like i've always said advertising as we all we all lie for a living sometimes <laughs> we're trying to convince somebody of something that they don't need here is something you never thought you needed but now you can't do without that's true Uh, basically that's how our, most of the people like the smartphones also right like it's not that much necessary even a basic uh, phone can help it out like messaging and all but we got enough conditioning through advertisements that we may need that app we may need this app it will just simplify our things and everyone started start using smartphones now yeah so yeah. like smartphones brought in that whole i mean there was a need uh, uh, like you said i can't now if you ask me and it is interesting because i was going somewhere and i had no network and i couldn't use google maps 
and suddenly i was like damn how do people travel when there was no google maps <laughs> so i and i have grown up in that time when people travel with google maps and people would ask for directions i have forgotten that so and that is exactly what i'm saying right? so it is things i never knew i wanted that yeah. i got and now i can't live without and that's that's a great product yeah that's so even there's this movie called fight club Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a dark way of exp- explaining, but that's how it it tells, right? Like uh, how the people kind of condition our mind to buy a certain product or do some certain thing. Exactly. Yeah. They talk about IKEA from that lens, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They talk about IKEA in that lens. So, uh, sir, if you want to start all over again, like mm-hmm. all the glitch, everything is gone, you should start all over again. How would you start off now? well uh i don't know if i could start glitch all over again and with the same ethos as i do right now right yeah. so any business like uh, usually if you want to no. start again like would be you been an entrepreneur started itself or would you join in any other company like at first you had channel v as an idea now like what would you do no i have i i think i'm definitely i have bit the entrepreneurial bug too early in life to do anything else beyond this i love I really like startups. I like working and building something. So I'm actually that that is exciting for me. Right? Building mm-hmm. something and taking it to scale is exciting. Uh, so while Glitch was one piece that I, I was building, I built Mouse Potato before. I built, yeah. I'm building Chatterbox parallelly with Glitch, wow. which is a tech-powered influencer platform that I co-founded uh, 2017. We're right now one of the largest in the country right now doing that. So building something is exciting to me and that that keeps my mojo going so if you ask me what makes me waltz my way to a monday and that's what i keep saying right it is it is the prospect of looking to build something new so i live that dream right now while glitch glitch has done its growth stage and now it's in the scaling stage now that we've been acquired by wp etc we the reason why did we get acquired people ask us this question and i quote uh, ronnie scruvala a lot of times when i say this that uh, in a scale versus control space i would rather go with scale and that's what i'm okay to lose control of a company because i don't own majority stake but if that helps scale the company then that's what it is so i i would go for scale on that front uh chatterbox is the other entity so beyond that i work very actively with a lot of startups i live that uh if i ever if you ask me the question thing will i start up again maybe i will i will never say no to it uh, that, i think entrepreneurship lies i think i bit that bug and i liked it too much that for me to let go i work a lot right now to keep that spirit of startup alive i work a lot with startups across the board uh, either as an investor or as an advisor oh. uh, so wherein like uh, all I the tell, all the startups that you told right like you you get a chance to meet a lot of startups and you are an entrepreneur yourself so i was just thinking that after meeting so many like daily a lot of startups come in the picture and many go what makes a startup yeah. stand out from other like with all the people you met and your knowledge itself what are those little tools that a founder or the people should have when they are starting off so that uh, the failure rate goes down so i i mean i don't know if i could predict 
failure rate going down but i'll tell you what i look for when i hmm. when i meet startups right and when i invest in the startup so when i take up a role uh, advising somebody or being on the board hmm. uh what what excites me is a the founders hmm. that is the most crucial part right so it's 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 the attitude it's more i think if i have to weigh between the idea the product and the founder i would give more weightage to the founder than the product because a founder the, the grit the enthusiasm etc can cover up the delta of how good he, so if if you have a product and if another person has a product in a similar case and if the other person's product is marginally better mm-hmm. but you are a far uh, driven founder i would back you over that person because a driven founder can drive their product to scale much faster to bring you that big bet he is the per- he or she is the person who will uh, the fail- i don't know what the failure rate for fail failure does not lie in their spectrum they will find ways to get over this and i'll give you examples of people i have worked with mm. who and i thought this this whole pandemic is a great litmus test of founders right Yeah. it was it was it was very interesting to see the portfolio and how different people reacted differently there are people whose business model was not was based on something and how either they could have given up and said bro this is what like this is my business model and this covid mein koi bahar nahi aa raha hai koi khana nahi kha raha hai bahar se what do i do i can't do anything about it or the same person say okay this is my business model but now people have done this people have moved habits have changed so here is how i'm going to pivot here is what the strategy is to change things and coming back from it and that those are the people who who will have the lowest failure rate and who will have the success that you think about and a real life example somebody i really look up to is uh, the book my show founder right ashish I don't know if you know his story, and it's no. a very, very interesting story to hear because he started with my show, scaled it to a certain level, the dot com bubble burst, the two thousand eight debacle happened. He lost all his employees. He came down to an office space with just three employees left. Oh, he and three other employees, and then went back from there to scale with my show to the scale that it's gone up to right now. Oh. And from there. now he is hit the second road block of his life and i'm and if you ask me today if 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 i could buy shares into book my show i will buy it because i i completely know that they will come back from this and they will come back stronger because only because ashish is somebody who can pull this through and that's what i say the founder definitely greater uh, gets drives a large part of the investment ethos that i have so it depends on how how excited a person is about this space how excited that person is in and how how excited the person is about life in terms of taking life head on defines your failure rate in my opinion okay. and how does this networking work in the whole startup or because i feel that every entrepreneur should have a network so that unless and until you have a network you can't actually understand what the market is and for pitching sake itself even creative agencies or everything main uh, motto is to get a right network right and how can an entrepreneur can uh, have, build a good network with all the people connection without looking more desperate 
No, I mean, um, if you are an entrepreneur looking, say, for example, if you if you have a company and you're looking for funding, if you're looking yeah. for investors, if you're looking for all of those pieces, I I think that that today it's become far easier, right? Networking. Yeah. I, I mean, if you ask me in 2009, networking was tough. It was only word of mouth. If I knew somebody who knew somebody, I would ask that person to make that connect. Today. There are so many platforms from LinkedIn to an Instagram. I mean, you wrote to me on Instagram and we connected and we're on this podcast, right? Yeah. So uh, there are on an average, I get about five to six requests on LinkedIn. With with I I don't I hate it when people just send you a request without mentioning what is over. But there are a lot of founders who do write out saying that hey, listen, I have an idea. I want to pick your brains on it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily saying that I'm looking for funding or whatever, but here's an idea. Hear me out. I'm more than happy to because I mean, we are 24 hours in a day. We don't want to be work whatever consumes. We will always find time at some point to do this. So yeah, I mean, I think networking is far easier now to just reach out to people, ask them for questions uh, on multiple platforms, and people are more than happy to hear you out. That's completely true. Because like when I was starting off, also I didn't actually think like it. The podcast, the journey started off with my friends. I started talking yeah. to like five or six of my friends, and I got comfortable. After that, I built a portfolio. I started texting those entrepreneurs that I personally like or uh, who I look up to, and uh, I saw that the replies were coming well. And then I was like, why can't I just approach to as many as possible whom I like and understand their story? So I guess I think people want to talk to you. People do want to hear everything out. Yeah, so you need to give them a sh- give give them the right hook to get them to talk. To you. Because end of the day, if, if you're going to take half an hour of somebody's time, that yeah. half an hour better be worth it. Either so for me, my my very simple thing is this: when somebody when any entrepreneur writes to me, I I'm more than happy to give them that time to hear them out. The reason I want to do that is because there is a lot of learning that I can take from that one. There is something you will take back from it. Right? This is um, my college professor once told us when we were watching a movie. He said, watch every kind of film. There will be good films and be bad films. There will be terrible films. The good films will tell you what to do. Bad films will tell you what not to do. But watch it. So there is a learning you will get from the good and the bad. Which is the same with people. So it's you talking to somebody. I mean, there there is something new that somebody will have to offer. It could be the youngest kid who has found a market gap which you never in your dreams thought of, right? That's so, true. And it could it could just be a very random ass idea which has no legs to it. But you have that conversation. I mean, I don't think it's a conversation is ever a waste of time. Yeah, completely agree. And you must be feeling. It's always like uh, we both are sharing something, and uh, there's always a learning goes behind it. Yeah, completely agree. And uh, let's come to the last segment. I'm like taking a lot of time. So, no so what is that information? Like uh, you know, uh, building a company or the work that you do, some activity or something that you consume or something that you really love doing. That doesn't have directly contribution to the work, but actually frames your personality. Oh, I mean, there is. I don't think anything I do. I I actually like to switch off from work. I think at least at least the spectrum that I work within, it's great for me to do multiple things because it gives me more avenues to think on. Uh, I do read. Well, 
uh, I do read a lot. I I mean I like to. I don't know if so. I don't know if I finish a book though. I I like to read four or five books parallelly at a time. Oh. So, and I hate the Kindle. Let me, let me put it out there. I'm I'm probably the most analog digital person you will meet, but I hate. I like the old school book. I like the smell of a book. I like to hold a book that way. So yeah, I do like to read. I do consume a lot of content on the internet. I do read a lot oh. across the board. I'm part of, I mean, multiple Substacks. So this uh, the pandemic gave you a lot of time even to do that even more, I guess. I don't know if the pandemic has given me more time to do that because I realized that actually it has taken it away because I also realized I wasted a lot of time on travel before the pandemic happened, right? So yeah. I used to probably travel to different cities like Bombay, we uh, between Bombay and Delhi very often. I would travel at least once a week. That that gave you two hours on your flight to and two hours on your flight back. And that, that two hours on a flight is, I, I love taking flights. I'm the most comfortable. I miss taking flights for the sole reason that hmm. uh, in a flight, there is no email that comes to you. There is no WhatsApp that comes to you. There's no stress. So that two hours is your switch off space, which you mean you can do whatever you want for those two hours. So it could be my, so a lot of my reading would happen on flights. A lot of my reading would happen between meetings because you would have meetings in different parts. And you had to keep traveling, right? So one point A to point B. What the pandemic has done is bloody make it all Zoom meetings, which means I finish a meeting at nine and then I have to start another one at ten. I finish a meeting at ten and that becomes eleven. So there is no travel time. There is no break time. I've I've been calling this out internally, saying that we need blackout hours. We need we need time to switch between. Like I can't be doing a meeting where I'm talking about a certain product to you today and. Close this meeting and then go into another meeting and talk about another product. So for me, earlier it was that I'd finish this meeting at Unilever and then I'd sit in my car and I would go to another meeting to do uh, talk about another product. But now I don't have that space. So I think the pandemic has adversely reduced my reading time largely. But I do consume a lot of content on the phone. Like I do read a lot of these Substacks and stuff. Do you have anything to yeah. recommend to anyone listening? What are stuff that you like? Like which genre do you come? Do you read or love reading about? So I don't read fiction. Okay. I I've, I've never I don't know why, but I've never gotten into reading fiction. Probably the last fiction book I read was um, the curious uh, the curious incident of a dog, oh. which was ages ago. So I probably never read fiction as much. I do read across spectrums. I mean between. It could be a biography. It could be a lot on data. I have, I'm intrigued by a few subjects. Uh, singularity has been exciting for the longest time. I've read this book called Everybody Lies, oh. which is a great book, which I keep recommending to people. On, uh, uh, it's about data uh, and how how data can be consumed to understand and decode a lot of things. Right. So it talks about say it has examples of somebody who predicted the US elections basis of Google search data. Wow. It was, it was a nice take on things like that. So that was one. There is uh, this book. Uh, I keep missing the name. Is it 21 uh, Lessons from 10th to 21st Century? 
no 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 there is uh, this is basically this is a book that i resonated because of the tagline the tagline uh, i keep forgetting the name of the book but the tagline said uh, in is this the world for in the world of specialists uh, sorry generalist triumphs in a specialist world oh so the need for you to be a jack of all trades as opposed to being a master of one oh and it was a very interesting book that spoke about how ones who know a little bit of here and little bit of that and little bit of everything are the ones who will take over the world as opposed to knowing just one i was i mean it was it's a, it's a theory i i've always believed in at least in our sector so that that's true completely no. because uh, what happens with me is like i i really love consuming content which is not related to studies i'm really bad at uh, marks like getting marks and all but i'm good at with everything i watch cricket i watch football i watch everything like i, I watch star trek mm-hmm. i can talk to anyone about anything and the best thing that happens is you can easily connect the dots yeah that helps to that helps some conversation with so yeah yeah, yeah. I, i even like when you told about shole channel we everything i, I was actually able to remember because with my dad or with my grandfather i used to watch all those films too i was amar akbar antony every bachchan sahab oh, movie i can i can i can quote that movie at any given point if you ask me yeah, it has the best line in a movie which is aisa aadmi life mein do is time bhagta hai olympic ka race ho ya police ka chase i was like dude that those line that that is an epic film that's true like uh, the thing with older like you know the 70s or 80s movies is the the more concentration was given to you know it was more story centric now it's more like hero centric wala part like in place of, in place of Dil- dilwale you can't imagine uh, ranbir kapoor shahrukh khan will only suit but at those times in stories if even though you yeah. mix up actors they were, uh, it was story centric so in that way like I, i'm completely into that that's the reason like where whoever comes the first question that i ask this part is because i can show my you know teachers and parents telling that this information that you call useless they consume and they are the entrepreneurs right now smart had to define what people did then i don't know if where any of us would stand right so i mean it's and i think that that is the largest problem with education in general i feel and i keep saying this the practical knowledge is far more important than thing so it's a knowing and i think you should definitely be reading this book i can't remember the name of the book my memory is failing me heavily on this but you should definitely give it a shot that because it's it's consuming all kinds of information it could be i mean i i read across the board i don't read fiction primarily because i think i would rather watch fiction yeah. than read it but otherwise everything else is it it could be just a just a twitter thread that i see right sometimes there's a very very interesting points that people make there was a exciting thread i read that day that somebody from paytm had written on the next billion users and their user behavior and it was a random thread that i came across what an exciting insightful thread that would then help you craft your next campaign so yeah you never know where this information comes from i think just sticking to books is a bad idea 
Yeah, that's true. Like right now we have many mediums. Like you can read a blog, you can read a Twitter is the best platform, and then you yeah. have a lot of websites. And yeah, I forgot this question. I I wanted to ask you this one for sure because uh, this this is kind of more personal question because sure. I told you right, like me with my friends, like we started this company. So most of the time there 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 are a lot of conflict of interest, right? Like when you start a company with your best friend. it becomes from friendship to a partner point of view or a colleague point of view something like that and uh, you also started the company with your friend so how do you yeah. manage the conflict areas like how do you do that you know i think the key point of uh, when you look at a co-founder hmm. uh, and so this is this is what i keep saying is the if the word is called trust right yeah. and it's important to have that trust in each other if it's trust not a one way street it has to be a two way street and when you have a co-founder why do you need a co-founder right because there are some abilities you have and mm-hmm. some abilities that you don't have and that co-founder ideally should if you both of you cannot be people who have a understanding or who know the exact same thing because if that if you find a like if you take you and replicate you then that person should not be a co-founder in my opinion no mm-hmm. co-founder somebody who should have complementing skills it's i don't know if opposites attract in love and marriage and etc but in this aspect i think it's important to have so for me uh, if i draw it it has to be a venn diagram mm-hmm. right where the co-founder should not be a subset of you but rather another circle where there are some points that both of you have an intersection on but both of you have your each individual skill so when varun and i started for example we had we took on defined roles i said we were called right brain and left brain i said that okay say here are things i will i will lead and run i understand design i understand video uh, i understand creative strategy yeah. all of that that aspect is mine process finance uh, running of uh, this thing operations you take that piece so he became left brain i became right brain for that four reasons now when while we do separate the two both of us have an intersection point which comes from both of us work creators we we worked in creatives he he understands long form better i understand short form better oh, yeah. all of that so from video etc those lines so that inter- intersection point exists anyway but we do have complementing skill set then the big layer of trust where i trust you to do what you do best and i will not question you on that and you trust me to do what i do best and you will not question so if if at some point there was and it is very easy to understand right if i turn if warren had a point of view on uh, uh, an operation or uh, a certain thing and that was his skill set and i had a completely different point of view we would both sit and hear each other out the responsibility of creative design on that one. or i come with that skill one up over him on that one so it was important to define those things as a co-founder and i keep saying this uh, a co-founder should never be a subset in a venn diagram a co-founder has to be another circle with a decent intersection where both of you can have one so conflict will arise in those intersections but then that is where you have to sit at the table and trust that each other has their back it's not nobody's trying to one up the other Yeah, uh, got it. Complete. 
completely agreed like because uh, i personally like went through a place like where uh, there was like a you know there was like a blame game tele- going on in the company telling that uh, my contribution is like way much b- better than the other person and there was like whole thing was going in an another view and i was just im- thinking that okay fine like when you build up a company it's better you don't start with your friend because it it ends up uh, messing up with your friendship and also with the company too so then i was like okay i have to talk to some person who has started a company with friend and is doing very wonderful see the thing is you should never let ego come in the middle of anything on that front and the thing is when it's very easy to judge another person saying hey listen i am contributing more but that when you start doing that right it, it comes from a point of mistrust you like ye to hamesha ghar pe baithe tv dekh raha hai what you're not realizing is i may only be sitting and watching tv and maybe sending messages for one hour that one that those 10 messages i sent will get us a monthly target of business interview baby so i don't need to do, so there is hard working and there's hardly working there's a big difference between the two like i don't need to be seen working yeah. all the time for you so but all this will come from trust i trust you i trust you to do the job you have been given to do whether you do it in an hour you do it in a month you do it in a year that is a different point of view but i do trust you to do it yeah so yeah got it sir it, it was completely having a great time having conversation with you i really enjoyed it Thank hope you. you liked it too yes this was great fun this is good to i always enjoy conversation so this is yeah. great thanks yeah. for having me on this podcast yeah i'm i'm grateful to have you i guess i guess most of the people got many insights like at least i got so many insights for my entrepreneurial journey 